Ecolution. Welcome back and happy Earth Day. Well, not today, tomorrow. But isn't every day Earth Day if you think about it? Nope. Okay, just me then. Since 1970, the 22nd of April has been a day to reflect on how the world is coping, for good and for bad. An opportunity to think about why we need to look after planet Earth a lot more than we have been. This year's theme is Restore Our Earth. When we asked the Brain Trust why Earth Day was important to them, that theme came through strong. I think it's important to mark Earth Day every year because it makes us think about what we're doing wrong and it might stop some people from doing it. Celebrating our Earth and everything it does for us is very important. It can also give people perspective on the human impact on climate change. It's important to take time to look after our Earth because we live on it and we want it to be a good, happy and healthy place for us to live. Our Earth is important and we need to show we care about our environment too. I think Earth Day is a day to remember how amazing our Earth is and how cool all the stuff is around us. Like, how amazing that one little seed can grow and do huge ancient oak one day. We just keep living our lives normally every other day and we don't give it a second thought until it's too late. The Earth is fragile and we really have to protect it. People are standing on it and they don't even remember it. And Earth Day reminds us to take care of the Earth Because in a couple of hundred years, this earth will be destroyed and we'll have to find somewhere else to live. And that's not going to be easy. Everyone needs to learn about the earth. It's important and it's lots of fun. Most of you are listening in Ireland and in a lot of ways we're positioned in a place that so far has felt fairly sheltered from climate change. But imagine we were in the centre of a plate. A big plate that is cracking at the edges. Now... Staying in the middle, those cracks aren't going to affect you. Not just yet. But those edges are places where the weaknesses show. And as they get bigger and the cracks spread, it will reach the middle of the plate. And then the whole thing comes apart. Because, to stretch this metaphor further, we're all on the same plate. James, do you believe the Earth is flat? No, I shouldn't have tried a metaphor. What's a metaphor? Ugh. Look, Ireland is a nation off the coast of Europe. Although we're seeing big changes to our immediate environment, temperature rise isn't something we've had to contend with yet. But that's not true for many parts of the rest of the world. For this Earth Day episode, we thought we'd look further into something Saoirse Exton brought up this day last week. The issue of climate or environmental justice. So what do you think it means? I'm not too sure what climate justice means, but I think it means doing what's right against climate change. The word climate justice means to me, we should care for each other's future. Everyone has to do a little bit of their part when they're doing climate justice. No matter who you are, where you live, or what you are, from animals to insects to bugs to humans, you should have a right to live in a stable environment. I think climate justice is caused by one person and it affects another person. And the person who it's caused by just keeps on doing it because they don't understand what's going on. And the person that could be in a different country or could be in the same place, it doesn't really matter where they are, could be feeling it a different way. And it's not fair. It seems that you all have a handle on why it might be important. And today we've got some amazing guests on to help investigate the idea a little bit more. My name is Saoirse McHugh. I'm an environmentalist from Ackle Island. And I suppose I, I have been politically active for two years. And I, I like to say to myself, no longer am I involved in the election side of politics. But whatever I end up doing, it is always guided by 
environmentalism, really. Searsha was very involved in the Green Party, but now uses her platform on social media to highlight inequalities and problems with how we approach climate, particularly here in Ireland. Who better to ask? Searsha, how do you define climate justice? I define climate justice as an approach to tackling climate and environmental breakdown, I suppose, that doesn't perpetuate existing inequalities and doesn't create new ones, but actively uses the changes we have to make as a society to repair and reduce those inequalities. I do think a big part of environmental justice and climate justice will be reparations, which will mean that rich countries like the US, like Europe, like Australia, will have to pay, will have to share technology, will have to take on extra emissions reductions from countries that have been historically colonised and have had like mass extraction of resources from, and countries that have been kept poor by unfair trade arrangements, by all of these ways that Europe and the US have become rich by extracting from the global south. And I think we can't just say, oh, well, we're all in it together. Like we will have to repair those. Like with the coronavirus, you can't have somebody who is living in a lovely big house, has a big garden at the back, who can work from home, has a load of money, They don't face the same challenges as somebody who is homeless, you know, and has to go into a homeless hub or somebody who is working in a meat factory with no PPE who is, you know, has to share a bed with somebody because they're doing alternate shifts. And the world is like that in terms of inequality on country scales and in terms of tackling climate breakdown. You don't want it, or or at least I don't want it. And I think most people don't want it to just be these little sanctuaries where rich people can live and have these areas outside where the natural world has just been broken down. And also I don't think it will work because of the scale of the environment, like it is the whole planet. So I I would say that environmental justice or climate justice is differing responsibilities based on historical emissions, current capacity and all of those things but also saying, well, if we want everyone on board, let's use this as a way to make problems that have plagued the human race for hundreds of years. Let's just make them better. So climate justice isn't about everyone suffering at the same level. It's actually about levelling the playing field, making it so that everyone is at the table and they all have an equal voice. To me, climate action can't be achieved without climate justice. Issues such as protecting human rights, gender equality and protecting and respecting indigenous people and their culture should go hand in hand with climate action. Last year, we did an episode on Sweden. One of the things that Anna Mogren, the education specialist, brought up was that kids should make a friend in another country because doing that broadens our horizons. Shows us that people in another part of the world are dealing with some things that are the same and some things that are different. Dr Shane is someone who has spent quite a lot of time in the field. Shane, what does climate justice mean to you? Climate justice is really important and it's a tricky one to pin down. It's like the word biodiversity. Climate justice basically means that we need to think about everybody in the world when we talk about climate change and the effect it has. Because in Ireland, climate change will have an effect on us, maybe more rain and warmer winters. But think about a person living in Kenya or living in South America or Southeast Asia. Those areas that are already quite warm and they're already really difficult places to live in. If that changes, 
if the seasons change, if the monsoons don't come, if the temperature rises so that those monsoon dries out much quicker, that has a much, much bigger impact. And the bigger problem is that those areas of the world have a really, really small effect on climate change. They have much lower consumption levels. They eat much less meat, for example. They don't drive cars as much as we do. They certainly don't take as many flights as we do. So they're not causing climate change, really. Certainly not in comparison to how much of the climate change we're causing. So we need to think about that and be really fair about it around the world and look out for all humans, not just our own town or our own country or our own continent. I sometimes find it hard to think beyond the confines of my own bedroom in terms of clearing it up. Really, it's bad. So the idea of having to help and take responsibility for the whole of the planet is a little bit daunting. But I guess it always helps to think more about Earth as a big, connected world when we hear from more of those on the front line. So let's do that. One of the good things about the pandemic is it's showed us technology can help reach another side of the world with just a click of a button. So let's call Uganda. Hello. I'm John. I work with my sister, Claire. We are in the Rise Up movement of Vanessa Nakate. We aim at fighting for climate justice, but we also fight for other injustices in the community. We fight for women. Yeah, we are also feminists. We realize that climate change is a big issue affecting both women and girls. They are really the most affected. So that inspired us to also become active climate activists. Educating a girl is really very crucial in solving the climate crisis. When you look at girls and women, they're already facing so many burdens in the world, discrimination, inequalities. So when a crisis comes, you find that the girls and the women are the most affected. Now with climate crisis, there are so many issues that girls face, dropping out of school, lacking of food. So when we talk about educating girls for climate, we are considering all those girls that are facing these issues. Educated about climate, they will fight for their climate, they will fight for changing climate. And with the better climate, they will obviously have a better world to be in. That will reduce the discrimination they are facing, the inequalities. I grew up knowing that when you educate a girl, you educate a nation. She's going to grow up and become the future leader. She will be the future mother who will pass on the message to her children to be the climate activists in the future years. We all take it for granted that boys and girls can go to school in Ireland because it's a right we all have, even if some of us don't actually want to go in every day, particularly me, I don't find it easy. It seems shocking that it might be an issue for girls to get educated, but according to UNESCO estimates, around the world, 132 million girls are out of school. I think to understand the Rise Up movement's aims a little bit better, it might be useful to learn a little bit more about Uganda. Uganda is in Eastern Africa, south of Sudan, the west of Kenya, the east of DRC, and the north of Tanzania. Uganda is a plateau with a rim of mountains. It has a lot of lakes, but it's a land country and it has no access to the sea. We are actually in the capital city of Uganda, Kampala. Currently, there are many weather changes, like they are just abrupt. Like within no time, the weather can be really hot then, sudden rainfall, and it's really disrupting then. There are so many floods, so many things are affected, obviously with the constantly changing climate. 
the productivity of agriculture is greatly affected and spread of some diseases increases with the changes in climate like malaria and other diseases like diarrhea, cholera that are amplified by the different weather changes. The climate is constantly changing. All of a sudden so hot and then all of a sudden rain, yet it's not even the rainy season. So the temperature is really unpredictable. And if the human-induced climate change continues, we may suffer an increase. So many things may be affected. So the increase in the 1.5 degrees is really worrying. That one and a half degree change is mentioned a lot. And in a country that's often cold like Ireland, one and a half degrees doesn't sound that much. So we asked Dr. Shane why we pay such close attention to that increase. So the 1.5 degree change, first of all, any of the efforts we're making, we're really only looking at a two thirds chance of making that. So even the 1.5 degree Celsius change, that's really, really optimistic. We're being really, really positive in thinking about that. So it might actually be a little bit more than that. In terms of the impact of that on a place like Ireland, well, Ireland's already not that cold in winter and not that warm in summer. So the change in Ireland might actually be kind of positive. We might actually turn from being what we know Ireland to be to being more like the south of France, where it's nice and warm, but also with a lot more rain and some muggier, damper conditions in the winter. So Ireland won't be too bad. But if you compare that to somewhere like Kenya, that's already quite dry and very, very hot. It's right on the equator. Any change like that will have a much, much bigger impact because all those millions of people living there are already living on the edge. They're already just about getting by with the amount of water they have, the amount of soil they have. And if we change that system, if we mess it up in any way, that has a much, much bigger impact on those kinds of countries. In fact, a lot of those areas we think won't even be habitable. You can't even live there anymore past these certain changes, especially the worst case scenario changes. That worst case scenario might seem far away, but the past few years have seen a huge increase in people shifting north, for many reasons. By 2050, it's predicted that over a billion people will have to leave their homes in the global south for good, due to climate change making those areas unlivable. That's why the work being done by Joan and Claire and many others is so important. They've been spurred on by their sister, Vanessa Nakate. I started activism in 2018 I wanted to do something that could cause change in the lives of the people in my community and in my country. Vanessa is really inspiring. She motivated us. Actually, she always involves us in most of her campaigns because she knows that we reach people who are in our age bracket and she's also reaching other people. She wants it to grow bigger. We all work. Um, the international coordinator and Claire is evaluation officer in the Rise Up movement. We want to reach out to the young people mostly. We go to different schools as a team. We talk to the young children class per class, telling them about the impacts of climate change. And recently we had a workshop on the day of the global strike. We involved them into that discussion. They told us what they knew. We told them what we knew. And at the end, we came to our common goal and they're already to fight for their life and for the planet. Obviously, people need to be sensitized about it because people are not really aware about it. And there is a way the police is also against activists who go out on the streets to strike and remind people that there is a crisis. And then the biggest issue goes back to our leaders in the decisions they implement that would make the world a better place. The voices of the 
global south are not heard they are not equally represented their voices are not amplified like the way other voices are yet they are the most affected communities to give an example of Vanessa Nakate our sister she was cropped out of a photo she took at Davos with Greta and other climate activists was really hurtful because they didn't just erase a person, they erased an entire continent because she was representing Africa. And we need that to change. They really need to be represented. Having like only two people representing, they may not really bring out all the issues, but with having different and many more representatives, it would bring a better solution on that table. Sometimes environmental justice is used to divide, to separate people, to say that there is a them and there is an us. It doesn't really recognise that we are all sharing the one planet, together. Environmental justice is the fair distribution of environmental benefits and the burdens. It's basically about creating a better and cleaner environment for everyone, regardless of your race, your age or gender. So you're considering everyone, they are thinking about everyone, not making it a racial issue, considering everyone. Nowadays, the world is really moving so fast and the young people are really ambitious. So it's a big burden, but then the youth are ready. And the more the message gets out there, more people are inspired. The target of Rise Up movement is to amplify the voices of those that are most affected, people who are silenced. So as young people, we have no other option because we really have to fight for our future because there are so many more days ahead of us. We have many years, we have many things to do it. So we really have to fight to make a better planet for us. So what if you wanted to take part? How cool would it be if the Irish climate activists were to connect to the Rise Up movement in Uganda? They can contact directly the Rise Up movement on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and all other social media platforms. And we would definitely need to work with other more many people around the world. If we collaborated with other activists, if we got different people to join us, you know the more the merrier and it's better when we have a representative in another country if we have we are from different races that would even be better so we encourage people to come to us to support the rise up movement to join us because the person listening now could be the next member of the rise up movement we asked joan and claire if they had a message for irish kids who are worried about climate change and the answer we got wasn't what we expected but it's pretty great well the young people should not be worried at all because we got this. Young people are making bigger impacts that have never been made in the world before. They are actually making movements. Young people are doing it, they are going for it. They are not giving up, they are determined. And the Irish kids should not get worried. We are in this fight together. We can do it and we are going to win. They should know that they are not alone. There are so many activists all around the world and they're all together. Yeah, we are with them, we're all working together and we shall win this. So much gratitude to Joan and Claire and the Rise Up movement. Alongside educating their peers on climate action, the group is currently fighting to stop further damage in their country by oil extraction and have embarked on an ambitious solar ovens plan using the power of the sun to cook food in the place of fossil fuels. We hope to check in with them again. There's so many different ways that we can act on climate change for Earth Day. From writing to a politician to engaging with the consultation on a new climate bill. And our brain trust have lots of ideas too. We asked them how they were going to act on Earth Day to make a little difference. 
We as humans need to stop climate change by changing how we use the Earth's resources, like water and fuel. My school is a green school, but unfortunately, as a cause of lockdown, we may not be able to do anything much this year. So I'm going to try and do something at home with my family. My family and I are planning to do a beach clean and also take time out of our day to appreciate nature. We could walk to school that day instead. On Earth Day at school, we actually go to the park and we pick up all the litter. And it's really good to get one day out of the classroom. You have to start small. And if everybody starts small, then maybe we could have a really special Earth Day this year by everybody planting maybe just one or two trees in their backyard. It doesn't take much. Just a few minutes, some gloves and a shovel. I think I'll plant a good few trees and plants and bushes inside my little garden I have in our place. They say that if everybody in the world planted just one tree, our earth would be saved. Imagine. This Earth Day, people can show they care by making changes in their lifestyle to help the environment. For example, they can reduce their carbon footprint by buying locally. For transport, people could use their bikes more instead of cars. People could use reusable sources of energy. And also, I'd love to get solar panels in my house, and I'm really begging my parents to get them. I am going to draw lots of pictures about Earth. Maybe draw Love Hurts Around the Earth. One thing at the centre of discussion around the current climate crisis is food. The choices we make about the kind of food we eat. The questions we ask about where it comes from. These are really important because food is at the centre of all human existence. Harry has decided to look there for his action. To mark Earth Day, I will be going um, plant-based food for the whole day, which means no meat and no animal products. No curries, unless it's a vegetable curry, which is going to be delicious when I have it. And just a lot of other foods that I love, dairy, chocolate. Normally I'd have a ham and cheese sandwich and I'd have meat with my dinner. So cow's farting causes methane gas, which is terrible for the climate. And if people bought less cheese and less meat, then eventually there'll be less cows on the earth. I don't think that's fair at all that the cows are born just for humans to eat because they need to live their lives and no one's coming along and picking us up and eating us. So if people across the world did it just once a week or once a month, it'd make a big difference and it's really good for your health. You're not alone, Harry. Another person who's thought long and hard about the choices we make is Tom Moore. I'm Tom Moore. I'm a founder of Cartoon Saloon and I'm co-director of the Monster in My Kitchen short for Greenpeace. There's a monster in my kitchen and I don't know what to do. It has wicked glowing eyes and a snake-like tail too. Well, we were just finishing up Wolfwalkers and we were very um, tired. Everyone was worn out. And then uh, Mother, the agency and Greenpeace approached us and asked us, would we take on this short film that was dealing with so many of the same themes that had been in our feature film, Wolfwalkers. And it spoke to a modern day crisis where the Jaguar comes to a little boy in the kitchen to explain to him the effects that his choices in the kitchen have on the wild animals in the Amazon. Please, tell me why you're here. There's a monster in my forest, and I don't know what to do. It turned my home to ash to instead grow something new. We just felt like that was such an important message that we couldn't say no, and we were excited to work with Greenpeace because 
we were just big admirers of them. So myself and Fabian Erlinghauser co-directed the piece and we worked with um, a lot of people that were just finishing up on Wolfwalkers and it was a really nice continuation of the things we've been doing on Wolfwalkers, you know. Like animation takes a long time and I don't think I could get involved in a project and put my heart and soul into it if I didn't believe in it. And usually anything that you really care deeply about is going to motivate you to really do your best. And I felt it was the same for the whole crew on all the projects we've done. As our forest disappeared, their evil empire grew. They think they're unstoppable, but we pray this isn't true. Like I've been vegan for 15 years and vegetarian since I was a kid. And when I first went vegetarian, um, it was very much connected with animal rights and my feelings about animals. But then as I got older, other issues became more to the fore. And what convinced me to become vegan was I made the connection between the land use that we have for animals that we raise for meat and dairy and the destruction of the natural habitats of wild animals. The real cost of what they're doing. If only the whole world knew. Both issues are conjoined into this kind of notion of speciesism, where we have an idea that, you know, you'd never eat a dog because he's a pet, but no problem eating the pig. And we also have an idea that if we need this land to grow soy, to feed cows to become beef, that's justifiable just because of the economics. But in actual fact, you're losing so much more because when you lose the rainforest, we're, we're losing untold riches in terms of biodiversity, but we're also losing the, the lungs of the planet. There's a monster in my forest and it's filling me with fear. It's putting us all in danger. To warn you is why I'm here. There's a conflict at the heart of our addiction to meat, you know. I don't think you have to be vegan to be an environmentalist, but I think an awareness would maybe make you think long and hard about how much meat you consume and where the supply chain of that meat comes from, you know. When I was a kid, I made the connection pretty quickly and made that leap. And then I think other kids maybe never actually make the connection because they don't go to a farm. They don't see sausages just arrive on their plate or in the supermarket or in the takeaway or they don't see the actual connection. And I think that's what the Greenpeace spot was trying to do, is trying to show that there's a connection from the, the jungles in South America, seemingly so far away to the choice that you might take to buy some cheap processed meat that you might find in the supermarket. We'll stop these deadly monsters so our planet can renew. Just last week, the animation won an Annie Award in the US, along with a lot more for Wolfwalkers. It shows how creative people are coming up with ways to communicate better about climate change. Phew, a lot of bases to cover for one show. I hope you can at least take a moment to reflect on the environment tomorrow for Earth Day. See if there's a light you can turn off, a bottle you can recycle, or a letter you can write to share your feelings. You might be able to add your thoughts about the new climate bill. Maybe ask your parents could you do this and shape the future with them. Thanks so much to all who contributed today. Our guests, but also Freya, Evie, Maeve, Lila, Ashling, Davy, Isabella, Sophie and Harry. We'll leave the final word to Lila and Davy. Thanks, guys. Imagine that each day you wake up to a world war. Everyone you know is a soldier fighting in this war against our earth. The trees are the earth's defenders, but with our front lines hacking them down, the earth is quickly and rapidly losing. That can you have in your hand right now. There are bombs. Imagine if you had the power to just come and stop it. Imagine how happy that would make everyone feel. 
and how much easier life could be. You and everyone who's listening here has that power if you just choose to use it. On Earth Day this year, sit down and ask yourself, how amazing is this Earth? How miraculous it is that so many creatures can live on this planet. It's a one in a million chance. Are we really willing to give up this one in a million chance? Happy Earth Day, everybody! Ecolution. Ecolution was produced by Nikki Cochran for RTE Junior Radio.